Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Now, if I were to tell you today that I'm here to remind you to be grateful, you'd probably say, really? That's what we're going to hear today? But we have a call that God has given us. It's the call to gratitude. It's to live a grateful life. And you may say, come on, Pastor Bernie, really? With all that's going on, I find it tough to be grateful right now. All the more reason for this message. Not just because Thanksgiving is coming up in a couple of days, but we're to be thankful people all the time. Give thanks in all things. Hey, this past Tuesday night as we were studying in the book of Psalms, we were in Psalm 66, and in verse 1 and verse 2 it says these words, Shout for joy to God all the earth, sing the glory of his name, and make his praise glorious. And if that psalm wasn't enough, Psalm 118 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. So how are you in the thankful department? How are you when it comes to being grateful to God for all things? Well, let me shift the gear and say, how are you when it comes to other people in the regard of gratitude and thankfulness? You see, very few things sting in a relationship like ingratitude or feeling underappreciated. And the reason it stings is because it's the exact opposite of what we expect. I mean, when we do something kind for someone, we expect a, a smile and a thank you. We expect a grateful heart. Think about it. If someone's ever given you anything, um, time, their, their help, their assistance, uh, they connected you with someone that could help you get a job, or maybe they gave you good old-fashioned American cash, what's your response? See, nothing makes that person want to give again like a heart of gratitude. But the, well, the reverse is true. If someone has given to you time and time again and there's no gratitude, there is nothing like ingratitude or an ungrateful heart that makes them not want to help you again. Ingratitude can be the words that are said or it can be the words that are not said. Ingratitude can be the behaviors that somebody exhibits or the lack of behavior. But either way, ingratitude stings, and we've all felt it before. In fact, here's an interesting thing about ingratitude. The recipient is always aware, but the person who's to deliver the gratitude may not always be aware. The interesting thing is the initiator or the giver, again, of gratitude rarely gets it that they have missed an opportunity to be grateful. When you're a kid, you need to be taught how to be grateful. It's not an automatic. We're not born with the, the gene of gratitude. I mean, we have to be taught that. Uh, let me take you back to when you were 13 or Maybe you're not 13 yet. <laughs> or maybe you're so old you can't remember when you were 13. <laughs> There's a strange thing about ingratitude. 
As a matter of fact, when you're around 13 or so, I mean, that's kind of where your, your life changes a little bit. And, and, well, it's Christmas time. And someone gives you a gift. And you begin to open that gift. And what do you hear? <laughs> uh, what do you say? What are you supposed to say? And, of course, if you're 13, you open up and it's socks. I mean, you don't want to say much except, I don't like this gift. Or, or if you get one kind of candy, you might say, I want Skittles instead. But here's the thing. Someone would look down at you, and probably when you were younger than 13, and say, um, what do you say? In other words, something's been left undone. The circle has not been complete. Something was given, but there was no gratitude that came back. Well, let me just state this about relationships. Relationships, gratitude and ingratitude drive the direction in the health of all relationships. Gratitude and ingratitude drive the direction in the health of all relationships. Now, if you read the Bible, then you're going to know about the story we're going to talk about. But if you're not a reader of the Bible, I would encourage you to start reading in the Gospels. Start reading the story about the life of Jesus. And we're going to look today at Luke 17. For those of you that have been around the Bible and around church, a familiar story. But it says in verse 11, 12, and 13, Now on his way to Jerusalem, referring to Jesus, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You see, today, leprosy can be cured. Back in their day, however, not so. Actually, I did some research and found out in the last 20 years, over 16 million people in the world have been cured of leprosy. But in Jesus' day, it was believed to be a highly contagious disease, though it's not. In Jesus' day, you had to be the outcast. You had to live in your own village or your own leper colony, and you had to live outside of the city gates. You couldn't live in the city. And if you were to approach someone walking on the road, or you want to get to the edge of the city where you could maybe get some food, uh, some scraps, some leftovers, you would have to ring a bell so they knew that the unclean were coming. It was like living in a prison without any walls. So these 10 men are outside of the village and they see Jesus coming and they stand at a distance. That was the law. And they shout out to him, have pity on us. Now, if you read the Gospels, generally in a, a situation like this, Jesus would go over and, and, and lay his hands on the sick. But because of the ministry he was about to do in the city, he knew right away there'd be rejection because if, if he touched the unclean, he would be deemed unclean. Remember, they thought it was a very contagious disease. And so from a distance... Jesus yells back. It's really bizarre. It's not his normal way that he operates. Hey, guys, he says, go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. One of the guys probably said, I think he's asking us if we have any yeast. The other guy said, I think he's wondering about the feast. No, no, no. He was saying, go to the priest. Go to the priest. Now, 
There's several things in this story. The, the first one is that in the Old Testament law, and this is Israel now, the Old Testament law said that if you had a disease, that you had to go to the priest to be deemed clean. He gave you a, a clean bill of health. And so, where was the priest? Well, we're told that the priest was in Jerusalem. About a two and a half to three day journey away. So go to Jerusalem and find a priest. Now at this point, the lepers are not healed. How do they go to Jerusalem? They had to start to think in their mind. I mean, if we try to get into Jerusalem, I mean, will there be a bell to ring? Will someone let us in? And so Jesus, he says he saw them. Verse 14 of chapter 17, and he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And here's a powerful statement. As they went, as they went, such faith these priests had, or excuse me, these lepers had, on their way to the priest, they were healed. Such faith that they had as they were going from here to there. Real quick parenthetical stop. Oftentimes the Lord calls us to do something. Do we believe him? Hey, go to your neighbor and share your faith, and we're afraid. But do we believe him? As we go, God can give us not faith, but a, a strong encouragement and a strong sense of his presence to go do what he's calling us to do. A big journey of faith, two and a half to three days. And as they went, they were healed. Now, it doesn't tell us what part of the journey they were healed. Was it as they left the village? Was it after the first night? Next morning, they wake up and they look and, and they're clean. We don't know. But there's a part of this story that intersects with our theme today of gratitude and ingratitude. It's found in Luke 17, 15, and 16. And here's what it says. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And Luke, who writes this, Dr. Luke, wants us to know that this was a Samaritan. Now, you know, Samaritans and Jews didn't get along, and Jesus was a Jew. He was a rabbi. They were not supposed to be together. But he comes running back to Jesus, having recognized that he was healed. Now, the Bible doesn't say that he'd already gone to the priest. The other nine did. But this one, whenever it was, as they went, they were healed. This one turns around. Now, he doesn't have his clean bill of health yet. He doesn't want to move on and start his better life yet. He wants to go back to the source of the healing. He wants to go back to find Jesus. One of them turns around, and one of them begins to worship the Lord and thank the Lord for what had happened. And then we have this statement. Jesus asked in verse 17, were not all ten cleansed? Were not all ten cleansed? See, the other nine guys, they're, they're going back to the village with a clean bill of health. They're going back to hang out with people they weren't able to hang out with probably for years, maybe even decades. But then Jesus asked this question in the heart of gratitude. 
Luke 17, 17. Where are the other nine? There's something missing. There's a loop that's not been connected. There's a circle that's not been completed. Hey, what are you supposed to say? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say denotes unfinished business? What do you say? What do you say? And remember, think of the tension here. There's almost a sense of panic. Oh, oh be, be, before, be, be, before you unwrap the gift, what do you say? Before you receive that job or that promotion, what do you say? Before you receive the help from someone or the prayer from someone, what do you say? There's something unfinished. There's something incomplete. If there's not an expression of gratitude, then something's wrong and something is missing. Luke 17, 18 and 19 goes on to say, Jesus finishes his question, has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to them, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, my immediate reaction to this story is how ungrateful, how extraordinarily ungrateful. These lepers just got their lives handed back to them, and they go on their way. Not like lepers would, would feel a sense of entitlement, or I deserve it. But if we were able to track down the other nine, what do you think they would say? I believe they would say, we're grateful in our hearts, in our heads, in our minds, in our souls. We, we are grateful. But the problem is this. And again, this is where we mess this up too. Pay attention. We can believe when it came to the other nine that they felt gratitude. But they didn't express it. They felt it, but didn't express it. Well, he knows how I feel. <laughs> well, she knows how I feel. Hey, God, God, you know how I, how I feel. You know my thoughts. Even before I utter a word, you, you know what I'm thinking, God. <laughs> and yet, throughout the Scriptures, we're told to give thanks with a grateful heart. We're told to sing to the Lord. We're told to speak praises to God. And we're told to, to bless and to honor one another and to build each other up. How do you do that? In silence? Well, I, I, I feel like I'm building him up because, well, after all, he should know how I feel. <laughs> but let me give you a point. First one, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. You see, the gratitude you feel in your heart is also felt by the other person but they feel it as ingratitude if it's not expressed. The gratitude you feel but don't express is felt by someone as the very opposite of what you hope they would feel. The second thing is unexpressed gratitude is experienced as, get ready now, rejection. What it communicates is, I deserve that. Have you thanked your mom? That's ah, just mom. <laughs> Moms are supposed to do that stuff. Have you thanked grandpa? 
Oh, he's just grandpa. Grandpa are supposed to do that stuff. Have you thanked dad for his diligent work? Well, he's supposed to go to work and take care of us or work from home and take care of us. He's supposed to. Mom's supposed to. They're supposed to. The teacher's supposed to. They're just supposed to. Or the boss who says, well, I pay them for that. I don't need to say thank you. It's their job. They should be grateful. (laughs) Why would I think of that? Or we might think that somebody owes us something. Listen to this. Our hearts gravitate towards acceptance, and our hearts are repelled by rejection. This is how we're made. Our hearts gravitate towards acceptance. We want to be accepted. I've rarely met a person who said, I don't want to be loved, unless they had some dysfunctional issue in their life. We all want to be loved. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be included. Our hearts are repelled by rejection. And see, ingratitude is a subtle form of rejection. It means you can, you can ingratitude somebody right out of your life. You can ingratitude somebody right out of your circle of friendship. You can ingratitude somebody right out of your church. It happens all the time where people just say, I'm walking, I'm out of this relationship. Why? Because nobody cares about me and no one is ever grateful towards me. You can ingratitude your kid right out of your house. You can ingratitude the person that you would say you love the most right out of your life. And while they still may live with you, they'll put up walls around you because you're ungrateful towards them. That's why it's something we have to do something about. You know, the Bible actually says that in the end times, people will be ungrateful. People will take others for granted and take the blessings of God for granted. That's why this is such an important message for us. With thanksgiving on the horizon to say, I'm going to live a thankful life, a grateful life. And the third thing is unexpressed gratitude may indicate an inflated view of self. Now don't get mad at me. If this point hurts you or bothers you, then deal with it. Go to God with it. You see, if we have a prideful heart, it will manifest itself in unexpressed gratitude because we'll have a feeling of entitlement. People owe me. (laughs) People owe me. Hey, after all, I'm so important. People need to take care of me. They owe me. She owes me. Hey, my wife needs to, she owes me. I married her, she owes me. (laughs) My husband, he owes me. Come on. My parents, they owe me. (laughs) Ever heard this phrase? We owe a debt of gratitude. We owe a debt of gratitude. By the way, the number one debt of gratitude we owe is to God for giving us his son, Jesus Christ. 
And for Jesus paying a debt on the cross, he didn't owe to pay a debt on the cross. We could not pay. We owe a debt of gratitude, eternal gratitude to God for his grace and mercy. You see, unexpressed gratitude is a debt that has yet to be paid. Look at it on the positive side. Enough negativity. (laughs) Expressed gratitude actually closes the circle or closes the loop. Remember what Jesus said, where are the other nine? Something was left unfinished. Where are the other nine? Something is missing. Something is incomplete. Gratitude, expressed gratitude. Not just a gratitude in our heart. Oh, I feel good about that. But express gratitude. Oh, I'm thankful. No, express gratitude. Writing someone a note, a handwritten note. Calling someone. Oh, it's easy to text somebody. Or guys, listen in for a moment, guys. Guys, guys. Hey, 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 buddy. buddy yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> you, you know. And if you want to get real deep, you know how I feel. Yeah, me too, man. Hey, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Express it. Thank you for the difference you make in my life. Thank you for how you serve others. Thank you for how you serve me. Thank you for, well, maybe some of you guys need to tell your wife this. And if she's sitting next to you, she's going to say, yeah, you're just telling me because Pastor Bernie said, you know, well, that's okay. Tell her anyway. (laughs) Don't wait. I'm going to wait another week. That's probably pride. Go for it now. Hey, honey, I don't deserve you. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for what you do to make my life what it is. Have you dealt with your pride? We all have pride. Have you dealt with it? One of the ways you deal with it is that you realize you're not worthy to receive what you've received, and you're not even deserving of the blessings you've been given, and so you stop, and here's what you do. You begin to say, God, thank you, and then you look in the eyes of people who have given to you, and you say, thank you. By the way, I thank all of you for being with us online. I thank all of you that are part of LFC. I thank our staff and our team and our worship team. I thank our worship team for putting up with my drumming today. (laughs) But in all of it, we look in the eyes of someone and we speak a word of blessing to them and acceptance to them, and here's the word, and gratitude to them. Are you going to be the one? Or are you going to be like the nine in the story today? Let me ask you a couple questions. Have you become ungrateful? Where have you become ungrateful? And own it. Be honest about it. If you want to grow deeper or stronger in your discipleship with Jesus, answer the question, where have you become ungrateful? Own that. Who do you take for granted right now? Who do you take for granted? And who has really facilitated or facilitates your forward progress? And you just take them for granted too. You wouldn't be where you are without the people who have helped you along the way. As I was preparing for this message, and I won't take time to, to tell you, but, but I wrote down on a note card people that have helped me get where I am today. And the list is long. People that have facilitated my forward progress in the past and people around me today who facilitate my forward progress 
in the future, and right now in the present. And who do you owe a debt of gratitude to? Now, I would encourage you to just take a moment and, and answer these questions. Have you become ungrateful? Own it. Who do you take for granted? Who has really facilitated or facilitates your forward progress? And you just take them for granted as well. Who do you owe a debt of gratitude to? Now, I don't want to guilt you today. I'm not God. I wouldn't even make a good pope. But I want you to catch this. How can you raise the level of gratitude in your life, especially with those important relationships in your life right now? And how can you raise your gratitude when it comes to God himself? Where you lift your voice, you lift your song, and you give him praise. It will change you from the inside out. And it will break down complaining and whining. You know why? Because you can't be grateful. You can't express gratitude in the moment and whine and complain at the same time. It just doesn't work. Hey, God, I want to give you thanks and pray. I really don't like that. Hey, God, I, want oh, I can't stand that. Hey, you can't do it. So spend more time on the praise side. Spend more time on the thanksgiving side. Spend more time on the gratitude side. Don't just think it or feel it. Express it. And it will make a difference in the relationships around you. And God's going to smile really big. And may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you his peace, the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. And may you have a great week and the best Thanksgiving possible. It will be good. Be grateful for it and be grateful for the people in your life. If there's anything you need from us, please let us know. We're here to pray for you and to encourage you. And if you find it hard to be grateful, the best way is to turn around like the one did and kneel at the feet of Jesus and say, here I am, Lord. I'm starting with you. And then ask God to reveal to you the first person that you need to be grateful for and go to them and then keep on going. Let's be people of gratitude. I'm grateful for you. God bless you. Have a great day and have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.